Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Red Wave Report, the official free podcast for TheBarkBoard.com, your one-stop shop for all your Fresno State recruiting news. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of the Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, being joined by the publisher of The Barkboard, Mr. Jackson Moore. Jackson, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Lucio. How are you? Uh, hanging in there. It's been quite a challenge to try and get this podcast up and running again. Uh, but we are going to do what we can to try and get these out again. Now that the season's getting ready to start, you've got to be excited to, to have some football coverage coming through the pipelines here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, it feels like it's been quite some time since the Bulldogs won the Las Vegas Bowl against Arizona State since December. It's been a, a long off season, but it's been an, an exciting one, too. Uh, you know, a lot of recruiting action. Uh, they've picked up a lot of new players over the past couple months, and it's always better when the team's coming off a bowl victory than a loss or no bowl at all, which we experienced uh, the past few years before Jeff Tedford got here. So uh, it's been a fun off season, but yeah, definitely ready for some actual football to take place. I'm telling you, man, I, I'm about ready to get some football going again because that that is my my one relaxing moment is to get out of work and, and actually work on something else that I actually enjoy doing. <laughs> and uh, football is it for us. And I, you know, I can't wait for the season to get going again. And, and it looks like spring camp is right around the corner. I mean, I'm not spring camp, but fall <laughs> camp. Uh, you were talking to me earlier before the podcast is some, something like August 1st. So that's going to be, you know, that's already next week, right, Jackson? Yeah, it's almost here. And, you know, that's going to be a little more interesting this year than the past year where the Bulldogs returned. It felt like the whole starting lineup. There's a lot of holes to fill. And uh, the Bulldogs do seem to be pretty well established with a lot of the first team spots. But, you know, you're looking at about maybe 60 guys on this 110 man roster that haven't played for the Bulldogs. So there's going to be a lot of new faces, a lot of uh, positions up for grabs, especially on the second team. And it's going to be, you know, a fall camp where a lot is happening in terms of depth chart movement. Yeah, this is definitely going to be one of those, uh, those seasons where you can see uh, what Tedford and company is going to do to try and start reloading this uh, roster uh, a lot of returners on, uh, you know, at the starting position, uh, but the the guys in the depth chart, that's where you're going to notice a lot of turnover. It's going to be a lot of new faces coming in this season, and uh, Jackson and I will do our best to try and, uh, and get you as much information on the new incoming players as possible once uh, fall camp opens up. But before we start digging into a lot of what's happening at fall camp, um, this past week has been media days, right, Jackson? And... You know they've got quite a quite a bit of information they're going over, and we'll we'll start off with with some of the stuff that that they announced at media days. And one of those 
is the prediction of the Bulldogs on top of the West division, right, Jackson? Yeah, I think it shows a lot of respect for the Bulldogs. Um, you know, I think a lot of teams that lose as much as Fresno State loses would not necessarily be picked to repeat, but the Bulldogs now are coming off back-to-back West division titles and you know, frankly, there's some other teams in the Mountain West West Division that will probably be bowl contenders, but I don't know if any of them are necessarily going to challenge for the division. Uh, Fresno State landed 17 out of the 21 first place votes for the West Division and uh, had a pretty decent margin ahead of San Diego State, who was number two. Um, so the Bulldogs still have a lot to answer, but there's a pretty much a consensus that even with those holes, the Bulldogs bring enough back to repeat and go to a third straight Mountain West title game. Yeah, so, the, you know... Th- it it is what it is. I mean, you've got somebody who's done it two years in a row, so they're obviously going to go with them again. Um, because honestly, there's really hasn't been much of a challenge the last couple of years um, in their division. The only other team that probably could give them a run for their money is going to be San Diego, as usual. Uh, but I don't know, Jackson. Have you seen what's going on with uh, with San Diego? Or are they going to give them a challenge or not? Yeah, it's going to be a wait and see for San Diego State. They are changing the offense, which has been their identity. Well, they've had a very good defense as well with a unique scheme, but offensively they've been known as, you know, put two tight ends out there and just run the ball and <laughs> throw in a pass when necessary, and it's been successful for them. But this year they're going to go out in the spread, and they're going to spread things out. They probably won't pass a whole lot more, but they're looking at more of a, a new age rushing attack and you, know, you just don't know if that's going to work out until you see it happen. They've recruited players for a different scheme, and uh, we'll see how it pans out for them, if they're able to take another step forward with that or if they go the opposite direction. And then Nevada and Hawaii, actually, they both leapfrogged San Diego State last year, so we'll see if any of those three teams can step up and pose a challenge to the Bulldogs. Now, you've got the Bulldogs on the West Division side as as the front runner to run away with that division. Who do you have on the Mountain West, uh, on the Mountain side, I believe? Yeah, as uh, imagined, Boise State is on top of there. So the media thinks Fresno State and Boise State are going to meet for a third straight year. And I don't think either one of those two fan bases would mind that at all. But um, we'll see. Uh, Utah State's a little bit closer to Boise State in the rankings over there. Uh, the Broncos got 15 first place votes. Utah State got six. Um, so it's a little bit closer there. And then kind of a hodgepodge of teams after that. Air Force, Wyoming, Colorado State, all fairly close at 3, 4, and 5. New Mexico, 6. So um, as of right now, Fresno State and Boise State are the overwhelming favorites. And Utah State and San Diego State are kind of the next teams up. Yeah, so it, in that division, it it seems like lately, uh, the last couple of years, it's been a little more wide open in the, in the mountain division. Uh, you know, you've got Utah who's been kind of challenging Colorado State come up and coming. Uh, and do you expect a lot of that going on again this year? I think it's – well, we did see Wyoming take the t- uh, division a couple of years while the Bulldogs were down on the west side. So Fresno State fans may not have been as in tune to those couple of years when Josh Allen was, was dominating. But uh, last year, definitely a two-team race with Boise State and Utah State. I think it's going to be a lot of the same – the Broncos have questions to answer. They have key positions to refill at quarterback and running back, which kind of carried the offense last year. And then the Aggies going through a coaching change. Uh, that division's there for the taking for either one of those two teams in my mind. Now, with all that success that the the Mountain West has had the last couple of years, of course, it comes with uh, you know new deals. New deals are being made. And an announcement was made at the Mountain West uh, Media Days 
of a, a new TV deal in the works, right, Jackson? So what are the latest details on that? Yeah, you know, they're trying to be a little close to the vest with exactly what's going on until it's announced, but we got a few details there. Uh, the commissioner spoke to the media about it, Craig Thompson, and um, they are currently working with CBS and ESPN, who have the current deal with the conference. Uh, they've got an exclusive window, he said, to work out an extension with them. And then when that time period ends up, it's fair game for anyone else that wants to try to get in. Um, they're expecting to get more money out of the new TV deal, which the whole conference, I'm sure, was excited to hear. And uh, it sounds like it's going to be a shorter-term deal. That was uh, something that Thompson hammered home. Um, you know, TV and media is changing so quickly that they don't want to get stuck into something long-term that might not be favorable. And they mentioned that kickoff times has been a big discussion. Um, of course, Fresno State fans hoping for maybe a game or two that's not at 7.30 p.m. every Saturday night. And uh, they haven't had as many weekday games the past couple of years, but that's always a concern. Uh, so they're trying to be as uh, welcoming as they can for the conference with kickoff times. But again... If you want to be on national TV, you can't be too picky. And um, it sounds like that deal is going to be coming up this fall, so we should know a lot more uh, in the coming months. I don't know. I, I may be one of the the exceptions, but I kind of like the games at seven o'clock at night. Uh, I, you know, some people want it at four o'clock in the afternoon. I I enjoy it at night. <laughs> I look forward to the nighttime for for games like that. Uh, but you know, that's just me. I, I'm I may be weird, and I, I may be the <laughs> exception. Uh, but I kind of like the games in the dark. <laughs> it's, it, it throws back to the high school days where everything was played at seven o'clock at night. So it's kind of I, I enjoy that. I you know, but again, they do that for two reasons. One here in Fresno, if you try to play a game at one o'clock, four o'clock in uh, in the afternoon in the summer, um, <laughs> you're gonna cook. Um, so they play it late. But uh, as it goes into wintertime, then yeah, I start to to hope for more of an earlier kickoff date uh, time. So maybe we'll see what happens, uh, and we may get a early game this season. I don't know. I, you know, we'll we'll see once they release the schedule. But uh, another another announcement that they also made at media days uh, was the awards, right, Jackson? And uh, or actually, no. Before we go into awards, it was who Fresno State had represent them at media days, and this this year they they chose to send over Ronnie Rivers and Juju Hughes. And tell us a little bit more about that as as their appearance there. Yeah, it was nice to have uh, a local guy with Juju Hughes out of Hanford, and then you had a running back with Ronnie Rivers, who was the son of a very famous Fresno State Bulldog, Ron Rivers, and it's uh, kind of become the face of the Bulldogs in a sense, where you know every big highlight you see over the offseason is Rivers running in that touchdown on the blue and white turf <laughs> against Boise. <laughs> against Boise State. I mean, it, it never gets old. It just keeps yeah. replaying. <laughs> so to have those two guys there, you know, uh, they both are, are pretty positive and energetic guys um kind of keep it a little close to the vest i think as well they're, they're not going to get too in depth on a lot of stuff but um you know juju's a veteran is looking like going to be one of the leaders of the defense and ronnie is quickly stepping into the spotlight as well and both are two very nice polite friendly young men as we've learned interviewing them so very uh, good representatives of the team there yeah, so it's uh you know they couldn't have picked two better guys to go represent because those guys those guys are very low key, uh, very low key but very well spoken. Um, so they're they they'll represent the Bulldogs very well over at Media Days. Uh, but 
you know, as as things start to kind of shake out, um, they're they're already making announcements for players of the year for the upcoming season. And there's a, there's already some front runners. There were some preseason awards and and some watch lists. Oh, Jackson, why don't you go ahead and break down what what has transpired so far? Yeah, um, representing the offensive player of the year for the preseason. Uh, you know, it may not pan out at the end of the year, but they've got Jordan Love picked as the uh, quarterback from Utah State. He's their pick for offensive player of the year. Uh, had a really great season for the Aggies last year. Um, 3,567 yards, 32 touchdowns just as a sophomore. Uh, they went 11-2 and two with him at quarterback. So we'll see how things change with the new head coach there. But you know, Jordan Love, definitely one of the better quarterbacks in the conference. Um, looking at the defensive side, Curtis Weaver, defensive lineman at Boise State, who the Bulldogs know quite well. <laughs> they won't have to see him this year in the regular season. Uh, so that works out for the Bulldogs, but they will have to see Love, who they were able to skip the past two seasons with that uh, interdivisional setup. And then rounding out the special teams, uh, kicker out of Wyoming, Cooper Roth. Uh, he was the Lou Groza Award finalist, did not get the award, but uh, making 16 out of 17 field goal attempts, perfect on extra points. Uh, you know, kicking an altitude at home, certainly in his favor, but... For an offense that struggled, he was a big weapon for them last year and looks to be again, but once again, the Bulldogs won't have to see him either. So all three awards going to the mountainside. Yeah, so that's uh, that's that says a lot that they're, uh, the mountainside right now is generating a lot of those top-end players. Um, but, you know, uh, the West is not, not a slouch either. <laughs> so uh, there might be, just because those guys are the front runners this uh right now in the preseason doesn't necessarily mean there isn't going to be some breakout players over in the uh, West division as well. Um, but, you know, it, it, things are just going to start getting interesting, especially now that we're going to start getting into fall camp. And what is your outlook right now, Jackson, on fall camp once we start going in? What are you, what are some of the things to kind of look for? Yeah, um, you know, looking at just the way that this team comes in, I think there's a few key positions of concern, and it's pretty much offensive line and wide receiver in my mind. Um, you know, a lot of spots up for grabs. You don't know who's going to fill those spots, really, and um, you know, there's a lot of options. The Bulldogs are pretty deep with young talent and some other guys that have been basically awaiting their turn, but not a whole lot of clear-cut favorites. Uh, I think the defense is pretty well set. They return a lot of their defense, oh, almost the entire defensive line back this year. Um, at the linebacker position, they lose all three starters, but you're looking at Michael Walker, Aaron Mosby, and Justin Rice as three guys that could uh, position to step right in. And um, in a lot of ways, athletically in particular, they may be better than the, <laughs> the guys that they replace, which is scary to say. Uh, defensive back-wise, Juju Hughes and Jaron Bryan are back. Um, but I think you're looking for those top-end guys to kind of carry the team and Jared Rice, a tight end, got a preseason all-conference pick. Michael Walker, moving to linebacker, already got the the nod for preseason all-Mountain West without really playing that position yet for the Bulldogs. And Hughes at safety, who we've mentioned. Those are your three top-end guys to kind of carry this team a bit. I think Jorge Reyna is going to be a a top-level Mountain West quarterback from watching him practice the past couple years. Ronnie Rivers is up there with the running back position. 
Um, again, I like the linebackers and the D-line a whole lot. So if the Bulldogs can kind of fill out those other spots at receiver and O-line, they should be well prepared to take on the conference. Now, that being said, are you are you suggesting that uh, Jorge Reina is locked in at that quarterback position then? I think so. Um, you know, Coach Tedford announced him as the starter at the end of spring. Um, it's not always necessarily guaranteed, but he wanted to give him that, that title to kind of create leadership going into the season. And I don't see any reason that he will lose that spot. The Bulldogs do bring in two new quarterbacks as freshmen. Uh, it would be tough to see them uh, take Corena's spot as a fifth-year senior, but um, it'll be interesting to see who takes that number two spot and if anyone gets close to Reina. But for right now, he's definitely the guy going into week one. Predictions on that number two spot? No, Ben Wooldridge definitely is the favorite going into the season. He seemed to take a hold of that spot in the spring. But now you bring in Nathan Lamb out of Slayer Union, the local guy that put up huge high school numbers. And you've got um, Blaze McKibben from down south in Servite, uh, Los Angeles, Anaheim area. And, I mean, he's like a 6'5", 225, like, the, the the guy you want to look like as the quarterback, he's going to be the one when he steps into to campus as well. Uh, and they are actually preferred walk-ons, but as recruiting rankings go, they rated higher than Ben Woldridge and Stephen Comstock, who were actual scholarship recruits. So it's going to be pretty wide open, but you figure the redshirt freshman with a year under their belt, uh, Woldridge and Comstock should have a bit of an upper hand, just having a whole year of experience. That could be interesting. Uh, there could be a little bit of a shakeup there if, if one of those quarterbacks were able to earn a uh, a scholarship position um, here in this camp, because it's not out of the realm of possibility. They can play well enough to earn a scholarship position, right, Jackson? Yeah, and I imagine if one of them gets the number two spot, it's going to be tough to justify why they're not on scholarship at that point. Yeah, but right now the Bulldogs only have three scholarship quarterbacks. Uh, Hunter Riquet left the Bulldogs during the spring, so the numbers are a little bit off. And uh, typically you have four scholarship guys, so uh, you would figure that between uh, Lamb and McKibben, one of those guys should be getting a scholarship by the end of the year. Now, that that's one thing that is going to be interesting is watching that quarterback race uh, develop as it goes. Um, but... Uh, a lot that goes into it on in, in fall camp also is going to be a lot of injuries. Is there been is, was there some players that are going to be coming into this camp still a little dinged up? You know, I think the Bulldogs are in pretty good shape. They suffered some injuries last season, and you could tell in the spring there were a lot of guys that just weren't out there, or even guys that were basically healthy, but there was no reason to risk them. Uh, namely, Natane Muti, who should be good to go and. Assuming he's healthy, he's an all-conference type of player. Was not included in the preseason all-conference team, but he's definitely that caliber of player as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, Jordan Mims was noticeably out during the spring. Uh, He suffered an injury towards the end of the season, and that's when you're usually the most concerned is if one of those guys has an injury that lingers all the way into the fall. And uh, He should be good to go from what I'm hearing and what I've seen. Uh, He doesn't have the boot on his foot anymore. He should be ready to roll. And that'll be nice to have Mims and Rivers both playing running back at the same time, which they had trouble <laughs> getting on the field at the same time last year. Uh, Rivers coming off of an injury and then Mims getting hurt at the tail end of the season. Um, you know, there was definitely some surgeries and things over the offseason. We saw Jasad Haynes was rehabbing over the spring. Um, we also saw uh, Kwame Jones, uh, defensive end. He didn't participate in the spring. Those guys should all be about good to go. I think the offensive line is probably the most concerning spot. 
uh, Mark David Bianem uh, is a guy we've been wanting to see, but it looks like he's going to be still recovering when the season starts. And uh, that's probably the one guy that I look at as a, a main concern injury-wise. Now, I, I know the last year the Bulldogs kind of struggled at the beginning uh, at that running back position with with – uh, Rivers gone, and then Mims trying to take over, and he did very well up until the point where he got injured, uh, and then it was kind of a running back by committee uh, type of a deal. Uh, I mean, how important is it going to be for the Bulldogs to be uh, completely healthy at that position this upcoming season? Yeah, it is big because that's basically your one known on the offense right now. Aside from tight end, uh, you know you have Rivers and Mims coming in. And if you can run the ball, it takes some pressure off of Reyna as a new quarterback, off of all the new receivers. Basically, uh, Darion Grimm's the one guy that returns that receiver who actually has caught more than five passes in his college career. Uh, and the other question is, can the O-line block for the running backs? Because uh, they're going to have at least three new starters, and you don't know how that's going to turn out quite yet. Um, but the same can be said about passing the ball if they can't protect Reyna. Uh, that's a problem as well. So you do know that you have solid running backs that you can go to. You're going to mix in uh, Romello Harris probably a little bit this year, who's been waiting his turn as a transfer from Washington State. You bring in Peyton Dixon as a true freshman who might get a few carries, and uh, you've got a lot of options in the backfield. You're not too concerned about that, but you do have to block and give them a chance to to do what they do or they're not worth a whole lot back there. Yeah, and, and you, you touched upon it. That offensive line is going to be a big piece of the puzzle this upcoming season um and how they are going to fit in it, only time will tell i think we'll get a better indication once fall camp opens up and we kind of take a look and see what's going on there do you anticipate any type of movement on that line you know it all comes down to where Muti has to play um i think it's a big domino effect from there and it, i'm not sure how soon we'll find that out um you know he's was a Terrific player at left guard for the Bulldogs as a redshirt freshman, and then they moved him out to left tackle to start last season. And the left tackle position is very critical, and if they don't have someone to step in there, I think you've got to play Muti there. But preferably, you'd like to have him at left guard. So um, a lot of that on the left side of the line hinges on where Muti has to play. Um, In the interior line, center is another very questionable position. Uh, they've gone through two seniors now back-to-back years, and there's not really a guy ready to handle that role both physically and mentally. So it's a question of do you move someone from another position like Curio Woodley? He could step in there, but uh, not quite necessarily the experience center. And if you move him there, then that's another domino effect everywhere else. So uh, right now you just got to go into fall camp knowing that Cyrus Tuatelli is going to start at right tackle. Muti somewhere on the left side, and they've just got to find three guys to fill the other spots in, which is easier said than done. Now, this upcoming season, there's going to be a departure of uh, a key player on the wide receiver core. Um, who who do you see stepping up to kind of fill that uh, that spot that's being left wide open by Keyshawn Johnson? Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how they approach that as well, because I was trying to run the numbers to see really what Johnson did for the Bulldogs last year. And um, and just on the face of things, it's crazy because you think of Jameer Jordan as being a a pretty solid number two receiver for the Bulldogs the past couple of years, but the numbers are staggering. Johnson, just the large, overwhelming majority of the receiver touches. um, 
and really Justin or excuse me Jared Rice was the number two receiver technically from the tight end position. Uh, when you look at the way the Bulldogs threw the ball last year, the receivers were used less than just about any team in the conference, which is crazy because they had eight seniors and they were getting guys in and out of there a lot. But the Bulldogs threw a lot to the tight end and running back positions and relatively less to the receiver positions. And then in that small uh, sample size there, Johnson had almost all of those touches. So do the Bulldogs find one guy to throw a bunch to or do they you know, spread it out three or four different guys? And I think with Reyna is a guy that likes to sling the ball around, and he may not necessarily depend on one guy the way McMarion did, but maybe spread it out a little bit more. Um, The Bulldogs are going to have, I think, a lot of two tight end sets as well, so that decreases the receiver reps. Um, But as long as the Bulldogs can find three, four guys that can be consistently in there, I look at Darion Grimm, uh, Carrick Wheatfall coming in as a junior college receiver. I think Amoria Edwards could be ready to step up. We saw Chris Coleman probably the other returner that got the most looks. If you can just find a a small group of those guys to step in, I think the Bulldogs are going to be in good shape. But expect the tight ends to be used even more this year and continued use of the running backs as well. Now a dark horse player out of the wide receiver core, someone coming in that no one could see coming on the radar. Who do you think might have a, a breakout that could have the potential to have a breakout this year? You know, I... It's tough because there's so many players and we'd only seen a few of them. But I think Zion Eccles coming in is not maybe not necessarily a dark horse player because he played at Cal. But uh, the Bulldogs don't have many slot options and they're going to probably try to use him there. And if that's the case, he could be something that breaks open this offense a little bit. They don't really have a, a slot guy to go to right now. Um, but in my mind, as a true dark horse, I look at Josh Kelly and Jamal Glaspie, two freshmen in this class who have been overshadowed by the four-star Jalen Cropper and the junior college receiver Carrick Wheatfall. Uh, you know, Kelly and Glaspie are very talented in their own right, and you couldn't ask for a better situation in terms of the open reps that they're going to be able to get a chance to get. So there's, I think there's a very real possibility one of those two guys leapfrog several players on the depth chart and surprises. Now, you, you, you said his name. Are we going to have a <laughs> Cropper sighting this season? I definitely expect him to play this year. I don't think he'll redshirt. Um, I don't know to what extent yet. We'll have to wait and see. But, um, I mean, he comes in right away as an immediate option in my mind. It's just, you know, if he's not starting, we've seen from Fresno State's offense the past two years, numbers two, three, four, five haven't gotten a whole lot of receptions. You're maybe looking at 15 or 20. So it may be a limited introduction for Cropper as a freshman if he doesn't jump all the way to a starter but we truly expect him to be one of the best by the time he graduates yeah the 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 difference is is whether or not he can play up he can pick up the playbook quick enough uh and get on the field he's got the talent he may be lacking a little bit in size at the moment but that's something that the trainers will have to work on. Uh, but he is definitely the type of talent that you don't want to have on the sideline because anytime he touches the ball, he has the potential to go all the way every time. Um, and that's hope. That's what the Bulldogs are hoping for with his pickup. And we'll we'll see what happens as things start to develop. We'll kind of get a, a feel for how things are going uh, once fall camp starts opening up here and he joins the joins the team and we kind of see how they're kind of working him in but now the flip side of the coin you know we talked a lot about offense now but where i'm most concerned is going to be that defense because you lose 
probably the biggest piece that you know people didn't realize just how much of a big piece he was was Allison there in the middle um, at the linebacker position. And of course, you know you've also got name escapes me right now, but at the deep the, the safety position, uh, Mike Bell, yeah. Mike Bell as well. I mean, those two pieces alone, you know, I think those are the only two pieces that uh, we can all thank uh, the Rooter for. Uh, <laughs> but uh, those two pieces alone is a majority of what the Bulldogs did on defense last year. A little bit of a something to be concerned about, Jackson. Normally, yes, and I left last year, of course, thinking that way, but I think the Bulldogs have adjusted as about as well as you can, and the first thing they did was move Michael Walker from defensive end to middle linebacker, and I think Walker is good enough. I mean, we saw last year at defensive end, he was the defensive MVP in the Mountain West Championship game. He's a next-level player, and defensive end was truly not his natural position. He's been a linebacker all his life, and you think – you know, Walker and Allison were, I think, in my mind, pretty close in terms of impact. Uh, now you move Walker to middle linebacker, you're looking at a guy that's about four or five inches taller than Jeff Allison. I think he can hit just about as hard and maybe able to cover a little bit more ground. Now, Allison, I mean, he, he's not the biggest guy, but he had a, a lot of things that just made him very special for the Bulldogs. But I think Walker's a pretty adequate replacement. And it'll be interesting to see how it turns out with that position move, but I think it's going to work out well for the dogs. And I look at the outside linebacker positions next to him. Uh, I would have a lot of confidence in Aaron Mosby and Justin Rice to replace George Helmuth and James Bailey. So I think the Bulldogs are pretty well suited at linebacker. And then at the safety position, you lose Mike Bell, and uh, that's tough, but the Bulldogs have put Waylon Free back there. And I think people are going to be surprised. Uh, Free already filled in pretty honorably last year when needed. He played corner. He played safety. He played nickel. He did a little bit of everything. He's almost as tall as Bell, not quite as heavy, but a similar body. And he's wearing that number four this year, just like Bell wore last year. I think at the end of the day, it's not going to be too big of a drop-off or notice back there. Uh, Free also has more man coverage skills coming from a cornerback position, so they can, you know, this defense likes to be versatile and they can put him down at man coverage and Hughes can do the same. So I think defensively, the Bulldogs are in really good shape and everything I'm hearing from within the program is there's a whole lot of excitement about this defense. And uh, we didn't talk about the D-line, but they bring back just about everyone and they're actually healthy this year. So uh, I think the defense is going to be the anchor of this team. And I I don't see a true weakness. There's a, a spotted defensive end that's a little concerning, and there's cornerback where Chris Gaston is projected to fill in. Those are the two key concerns. But given you lost so many key players and NFL-like talent, I think the Bulldog defense is still going to be one of the best in the conference. So the defense is pretty much going to be the team that's going to going to uh, be able to carry the offense until they can get those pieces kind of dialed in, uh, especially the first couple of games. Uh, but the problem is those first couple of games are not going to be easy ones to work with. Right, Jackson? Yeah, and that's the problem. Uh, you know, the first week is always tough just because you're kind of feeling out the other team. And it's extremely difficult when you have a group of players that are either bigger or faster than you. And we've seen the Bulldogs in past years say when they would go to Oregon, 
you know, I, I don't know if those Oregon teams were that much better than the Bulldogs, but it would take a quarter or two just to adjust to how much faster <laughs> those types of players are than the Bulldogs would see in practice for all of August. And USC is going to have that. They're going to have the size as well uh, at the line. And it's going to be hard to judge the Bulldogs based off that game. Now, Fresno State might still be good enough to win that game. Uh, I'm not counting that out at all, but um, the type of talent that Fresno State is going to see through the rest of September and October is going to be significantly different than they see the first two weeks. Uh, Minnesota was a game last year which was similar. I think at the end of the year the Bulldogs were the much better team, but without Ronnie Rivers and breaking in the D-line, that was just a, a tough performance by the Dogs, and I think you know, whether or not the Bulldogs win the first two games or not, you can look at it very similarly that um, they can win or lose those first two games and still have a very tremendous season, go to a Mountain West championship and all that. Um, but the timing of those two is tough because there's so many moving parts that are going to have to get into sync very quickly. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting just to see how the Bulldogs handle the those first two games. Uh, I know back in the past when they had struggled in those first couple of games, then the mindset of the Bulldogs you know, kind of went along with it. Uh, although this is a different staff. Uh, Tedford has been very good about getting his players back where they need to be uh, after a loss. And, uh, you know, I think the dogs have a, a good shot, a, a good shot at least to make it competitive uh, against both of those teams. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe they might even walk away with a couple of wins. I don't know, Jackson. <laughs> Am I being a little optimistic there? I think it's fair to say. I mean, USC struggled a lot last year. Now, if you're you know, playing pickup ball and you're picking teams, uh, your first probably 17 out of 20 or so <laughs> that you pick are probably going to be guys that would be wearing USC uniforms. But you saw the way the Trojans played last year. It was flat. It was you know, disgruntling to the fan base. They did not play with a whole lot of heart, and they lost a lot of games. They didn't even make it to a bowl game. And they lost the teams. Uh, I believe they lost the Arizona State with the Bulldogs beat in the Las Vegas Bowl. So, I mean, there's no reason why the Bulldogs couldn't have beat the Trojans last year, and then they could go out and beat them this year as well. It's just I think you have to be fair to the staff and everything in this team where you're bringing in so many moving parts and new players, and it's going to be a, a real challenge to beat that USC Trojan team. But um, they've certainly proven that they can come out and execute better than teams from the Pac-12. They walked all over UCLA last year. Uh, they beat Arizona State again. So it'll be tough to see. And then Minnesota was a team they went toe-to-toe with up until the last minute of play last season. And I think having that game at Bulldog Stadium is going to make it just as close as it was last year. So, I mean, those two games are winnable. But um, you know, being totally fair to the team and the staff – I think you could see those two games go either way, and you know that they're not going to fold the way that past teams have. Uh, They have plenty of time to bounce back with uh, some much easier games against Sacramento State and New Mexico State, uh, some conference games they should win in October. And, again, we've seen this team lose to Alabama and Washington in 2017 and just about went out from there. They lost to Minnesota early last year and went on to have one of the best seasons we've ever seen at Fresno State. And there's no reason to count this team out if they don't pull off those first two wins either. And in don't think that the um, USC is going to be overlooking the Bulldogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's there's a little bit of a bad blood going between these two teams ever since the Freedom Bowl, and USC does not take the Bulldogs lightly. Um, 
you know, even though there will have been some predictions that have predicted the Bulldogs to win this year, uh, that was last last year before they lost some of their key por- parts, of course. Uh, but now uh, it looks like I believe USC is favored to win by two touchdowns at the moment. Um, so that's what the that's what they have as the the point spread. Uh, but I, I, I honestly think I see that kind of shrinking down as you get closer um, to, to kickoff. Um, I, am, I, am I off on that, Jackson? you think they're going to kind of close in a little bit on that point spread? I think so. I mean, you just look at the way the two teams played last year. You like Fresno State's odds, especially with that point spread. But, um, yeah, it's just USC is such a wild card. They have... When you look at the recruited talent, one of the best teams in the nation, and they managed only five wins last year. So I, it really comes down to what kind of team USC puts out there. And you expect the Bulldogs to execute, but you know, if they're outmatched at the line, if they're outmatched in terms of speed on the outside, it's going to be a tough one. But um, the Bulldogs have stacked up against just about every team they've played in the Jeff Tedford era, except for Alabama and Washington. And I don't think this USC team is Alabama or Washington in my mind. Yeah, and things are going to start to start to take shape as we get closer to kickoff. But uh, a lot of things that are, that are going to start to happen now is Bulldogs are, are going to focus on that recruiting trail. Um, at you know, we were joking around before the podcast that at this time last year, Bulldogs were uh, had a quite a had a handful of uh, commitments already, and you told me right now they're at about four, um, although. Last year, it seemed like it came in waves all at the same time. Uh, there could be potential of more recruits coming on board quickly here with Fresno State. But that being said, catch us up where we're at recruiting-wise for the Bulldogs. Yeah, the Bulldogs are at four commits right now. Uh, Jaden Casey, who has now been committed for over a year, so Bulldog fans should be pretty familiar with him. Uh, quarterback commit, who's one of the best Fresno State has ever had. He got offered by Alabama over the recent months, if you missed that. He has a whole lot of other very impressive offers as well. Utah, Arizona State, Arkansas, Missouri, the list goes on. Uh, but the Bulldogs have been able to hold on to him. Adding to the class, you've got defensive back Dejan Malone out of Edison High School in Fresno. Uh, three-star recruit, six-foot-two defensive back, long, rangy. Uh, very good get for the Bulldogs, and to have him local is an added bonus. Another local guy joined on since then as well, Mac Delena. He's the younger brother of uh, walk-on receiver Frank Delena on the Bulldogs right now out of uh, San Joaquin Memorial, another local receiver. Uh, a little bit undersized, but very fast, very quick. Put up big numbers for a state champion runner-up team last season. And uh, very nice to have him in the fold as a receiver. And then linebacker Hunter Calpico out of uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, Faith Lutheran High School. He's your fourth guy so far, a three-star linebacker. A uh, solid-looking recruit, six foot, two twenty-five. Has some other offers from the Mountain West as well. Um, so the Bulldogs right now are at four. Uh, they're not going to be able to sign a very big class again this year. Uh, we saw them sign, I believe, fifteen uh, officially last year, and that list grew to about forty total recruits by the time this team gets together in the fall. They have to work the numbers around, and there's a lot of walk-ons and things. But the Bulldogs have to be a little bit careful with some numbers. And uh, we'll see them focusing on a few key positions. I look for offensive line uh, to be a big one for the dogs going forward. Um, probably another defensive back or two. And we'll see if they add to the D-line as well this year. 
And that's the thing that with the Bulldogs is for some reason they're always handicapped. They're they're strapped with those numbers. Um, you know, part of it is they're still doing a little bit of a cleanup from De, the DeRuder era. Uh, but shouldn't we start to kind of see some of that kind of uh, loosen up a little bit in here, Jackson? Yeah, um, you know, it's been tough because they had to do some workarounds from the first DeRuder year. And it's kind of dominoes after every year from there. They get handicapped from what they did the previous year. And uh, they haven't quite balanced that out yet. But this is also going to be a small senior class as well. I think there's only 16 scholarship seniors on this Bulldog team this year. And, um, you know, you have to factor in other things. You have players that leave, transfer. There's a lot of young players that might be on the outside looking in at the depth chart that may look for new homes. Um, that's just, you know, in general what happens at every team uh, when you have a, an overload of young players. But, um, yeah, I think this is would be a, a small class anyway based off the seniors. But um, there's not quite as much wiggle room with the walk-ons and extra spots. They, they've got to pretty much stick to the vest with the signing class here. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how they can keep working these numbers year <laughs> after year. But for some reason, uh, Tedford and company has been able to kind of massage the numbers, so to speak, and make things work. Uh, I think a lot that adds to why they get strapped on those numbers uh, is a lot of these um, blue shirts that the you know players they bring on and then offer a scholarship uh, right after camp opens. Do you see some of that happening again this year, Jackson? Yeah, I mean, th- this fall camp is going to be pretty wide open, and there's a lot of spots for new guys to come in and take those spots, especially on the second team. As we mentioned, I think a lot of the first team spots are locked up. Um, but they've done a, a lot of additions since signing day this past year, and I think a lot of those guys are going to have shots to play right away. You've got a lot of junior college guys that came in. Um, some of those other fringe recruits who got looked over have added to the fold. So, I mean, this fall camp is going to be interesting with a lot of new faces. So, yeah, so this is going to be, uh, you know, this is this is a taste of what's going to happen here coming up uh, here in the next few weeks as we get things rolling for Fresno State uh, coverage. Uh, so, Jackson, a little bit more about what's going on with the Bark Board. I think we're going to go ahead and get things wrapped up, unless there's something else that you want to mention that we haven't covered already. Yeah, I mean, that's been the majority of it, just waiting for fall camp. We'll be breaking down the positions a little bit more on the site if you're interested in reading that. Um, you know, new insider scoops on our Barkboard Insider page going up frequently. Uh, also news today about a uh, big-time school that's going to be coming to Bulldog Stadium, according to our sources. So, Ooh. yeah, you might want to go in there and check that out. Um and, uh, yeah, a lot more information about the stadium, about recruiting, um, about the team coming up this year that we haven't shared on the podcast. So, um, yeah, a lot going up on the boards. And then once fall camp gets going, uh, it'll be a, a flurry of content, both free and premium, about what's going on at practice. So make sure you head over to thebarkboard.com where a lot of this information, uh, you know, we don't necessarily share to the to the free public, uh, but we give you a taste as much as we can uh, in order to kind of, uh, uh, you know, keep you coming back, so to speak. Uh, you know, f- you know, we have to make some money to keep the keep the lights on, right, Jackson? <laughs> and so, um, thing that's how things work over there. So, if you haven't done so already, head over to thebarkboard.com. Check out the premium uh, site if you get a chance. You can sign up for uh, a a free time period. Um, 
that they allow you uh, just to check things out. And if you like it, by all means, stick around. Um, you know, that's that's what we're there for. Uh, but that being said, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show for today. And you can reach me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. Uh, you can also find Jackson at JacksonMoore247. Um, and please, by all means, follow our Facebook page. Um, head over to Facebook and look for the uh, BarkBoard.com uh, Facebook page. Uh, you know, I lost track of the numbers. Where are we at right now, Jackson? Yeah, we're getting close to 5,000. We're at 4,860. And, uh, not exactly sure what the difference is with a like and a follow, but we're at <laughs> 4,973 follows, so hopefully we'll be over 5,000 before the Bulldogs go to L.A. for the, the game against USC. So let's put out a challenge here, folks. The, if you are, haven't become a, haven't liked the page yet, head over there and like it. We're going to try and reach 5,000. Hell, let, let's try and reach 5,000 before we even open up fall camp. Yeah, I'm giving them a week. <laughs> how about that, Jackson? Let's see, let's see how many numbers actually show up. Uh, but that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics. And keep checking back uh, as we will continue to post podcasts and, and other information over at thebarkboard.com. So until then, enjoy your week, and we'll catch you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 